Hello, everybody. It's a new episode. I'm here in Nace, County Kildare, one of the prettiest counties, mm-hmm. um, uh, with the amazing Jane Aspel of Emma by Jane, who, if you have been eye spying us, we did podcast back in June. It was probably one of the first Is episodes first that I did. Yeah. And we Facebook lived it and we Instagram lived it. And it basically, I don't think we got the good stuff out of it. And we're six months on now and we kind of talked on loads. And then I was like, oh my God, I can't edit this thing because it would have taken me about six years to edit it. Um, so I said, you know what, let's sit down again and let's be more concise in our chat. Um, so I... Yeah, like haven't we've just been sitting here having the chats for about an hour and a half now already. So we're in Jane's house. She's had me come, showed me the office. Oh my god, it's so cool. And Bailey's here, her pup, if you know, uh being very quiet at the moment, but may get excited. So just ignore the the doggy noises in the background. Um but hello Jane. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for Thank coming you. on. Thanks for we, having me. I'm so excited. We are going to talk about the fact that Jane went from having the dream job in London, like myself, to giving it all up, to having the wildest dream job. So in your wildest dreams. In my wildest dreams, yeah. yeah. So tell me how, like, where are you from? Give kind of back, where are you from? Like, where you went to school, what you studied and how you got to here? So I'm originally from Dublin and moved to Nice because of a man. Um, so yeah, from Dublin City and I started off, I always, I think was a tomboy as a kid and then find Rachel from Friends and thought, wow, that looks cool. Um, I'm going to be a buyer. So um, I kind of gradually moved from being a tomboy to actually really into clothing and fashion. Um, and I studied retail and business in DIT because I wanted a mix of retail, but then cool. also yeah. the business side of it. Um, so I went on from there and then I wanted to move to London because I thought that'd be cool. So I found anything and any... What kind of... Sorry, I'm going to interrupt yeah. you. What kind of job was ever... So that was retail and business. Was that mostly like buyers, sales? No, it was like economics, accounting, finance. It was like retail. And was did everyone go... What did people go into? People like? have dispersed oh, into really? loads of different things. Accountants. Um, A lot of them, like no one's gone into... I'm about the only one that has stayed, well, two of us have stayed in retail. I have a friend who's in marketing. Um, Yeah, no one. It was a great basis for just a general business degree. That's why I say about a business degree. I did a business degree. So good. If you don't know what to do, I would say do a business degree. You always need business. No matter what you do in life your own business yeah and that was my dad's advice he is um an accountant he said whatever you do don't go too specific you can narrow that down mm-hmm. so in the middle of that course i did a work experience and i worked with brian thomas for two months um and the buying side of brian thomas is very much admin so it's kind of the more boring yeah. side of it because the designers have already designed you're not involved in that so i was like do you know what i really like yeah. this if i like the boring side of it I will enjoy the Well, they're not it. looking for products, so they're buying as in their department stores, so they're yeah. buying... Everything's done, they can't change so they it. Just, they're like me, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I they can't change it. Brands. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. that's the exciting part. Yeah. But for the work experience, I was literally just the admin, keying okay. in details. Um, and I loved it. I loved being around the retail part of it, mm. being in the meetings with all the different brands and all the sales and that side. So I kind of from that, I was like, no, definitely want to do buying. This is for me. So yeah, I found a way to get to London by, um, I got in, I interviewed and got into London College of Fashion to do cool. fashion buying and merchandising. It was only like 18 in the class and it was like four month masters. So um, a master's. A master's, yeah. And like over the summer or was that No, like- it went from, I think I started in October. I went from October to February. 
Mad. Yeah. What year was that? That was, oh, 2010, I want to say. Oh. Yeah, just after college. Yeah, 2010. Cool. Um, going into 2011. And as, yeah, started my life in London, was there for five years. Um, I then got a job in Disney as a buyer, yeah. um, which was not what I wanted, but it was money, it was a job, and it was an inroading. Design, like, yeah, we were involved how? with like the franchises. So oh like God, the designers right. would make the franchise packs and I worked on homeware. So like their plastic plates, putting <laughs> mini mouse on their plates. And yeah, yeah it was gas. It was yeah. so different. It was, do you know what? It was a nice company to work for. I've still got some amazing friends in that company. Friends that I would have over than I would have in the fashion companies yeah. I went to. It was a brilliant start. And it's all, I think it's all down to your manager. I had a brilliant manager who'd come from clothing. Yeah. So there were so many things that I learned as a result of her. Um, and then I went and then I... And did you travel with Disney then? Didn't travel. No, yeah. I was at the lowest level. You yeah. start at the okay. lowest level. You start an admin. Yeah. You manage the samples. You've really got to work your way up. And mm. in buying, you've got to prove well, that you can do it. you've got to learn because it's all about... Like I worked in sales, so I dealt with buyers. So it's yeah. all about the negotiation, keeping Cross the head. Price. Yeah. Being able to think under pressure, wants. like knowing everything. You yeah. have to know everything. You have to know yeah. everything. And you have to be a season behind. No, it's happened past. Yeah. A season in it because you're trading that. And then a yeah. se- season forward because you're buying and designing that season. Yeah. So, but you've got to use the past season to figure out what has to happen in the season you're planning. Yeah. So a lot of the time you're working like nine months in advance. So it's very like the amount of times you'd write the wrong year because yeah. you were just in so many different seasons. Um, and yeah. so then I went on because Disney wasn't my dream job, I said, no, it's time to get into the fashion side. That's what I want. So I applied and got a job with Primark in the UK, which mm-hmm. is pennies here. Um, and I used to commute an hour and a half each way, every day out to Reading. Oh my God. Um, the non-glamorous side. Um, That's kind of standard work. in London though. Like, it is standard, yeah. It is. Like I... Like 40 minutes is an excellent commute. Oh, yeah. Or anything like, like an hour tube is changes. average. Yeah. Three tube changes, you're doing well. Yeah. And if you can get two tube changes, yeah. wow, you're really lucky. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I commuted out and I started as a trainee buyer there on men's men's fashion or like men's accessories, which I loved because I love mixing things. Like, I get mm. bored easily. So, we are buying hats, uh, scarves, belts. I even introduced jewelry for the men. And um, cufflinks, all that kind of stuff. My dad actually on Christmas Day still still wears my Christmas cufflinks. I did, <laughs> um, and um, as a result, uh, normally in Primark you weren't able to travel to the Far East until you were an assistant buyer. So I was a trainee buyer at this stage, and I got the opportunity to go to the Far East as a trainee buyer. So I went to Shanghai, and it was just incredible. Mm. Like being in these meetings, I had a brilliant manager, Robbie. Um who as a guy it's I think it's great to work with guys because they're so laid back and he's mm. just like yeah do what you want to do and it was so creative in pennies like you're literally your own boss yeah like the directors don't get too involved you're there you're really like you're searching for the new business mm. and to progress you have to be showing them what the new business is yeah and like they love when you're like we're going to test this we're going to test 500 units which yeah 500 units in my world now is very big <laughs> but in pennies world in primark world it's so Drop small ocean, try yeah. it if it fails grant yeah we've learned our lesson we won't do it again if it does well you learn how to it. take risks because Risk. you're a safety net but it's still a risk it's because a risk. it's a big business and yeah. if you yeah but there were so many things like we did what did i bring in like Oh, even like when I, yeah, like throws or jewelry was one of them for the guy and cufflinks and watches we started doing as well, which have now become a core of Primark mm-hmm. men's. They do watches and I was yeah. the one to like introduce that. Yeah. Um, so it was really exciting. So I started progressing 
um, through the ranks in pennies, which wasn't, you always had to be doing the job ahead of yeah. actually getting the job. So the interviews were very tough to progress. It wasn't that you just said, come on, you're an assistant buyer. You mm-hmm. had to go through a rigorous interviews with like your SWOT analysis, competitor analysis. You had to know what everyone was doing in the high street. And as well, pennies are so price conscious that you always have to be the lowest. Yeah. So let's say when I moved to homeware, Aldi would do, or Ikea would do candles at a certain price. Yeah. You would literally have to figure out were they the same candles as yours if you need to be lower. So it's very much that way, which is very hard to constantly, when you're like a creative and person. And someone to help you or were you literally like going down the team. high street yeah. once a week and then you're on Ikea's website yeah. to figure out. Holy That's God. it. Like, so yeah, it's long hours. Long hours, 12-hour days. Um, you would have sign-offs twice a year. So it was amazing. You would um, be in front of your directors. And I remember I did Dragon's Den a year, nearly yeah. two years now. And um, a lot of comments were like, wow, you had confidence. But the beauty of working in pennies, you mm. just, you're trained so well that I used to speak to my CEO three times a year, present my collections, tell them my sales figures, tell them where we were going. Mm. That was as an assistant buyer. You weren't even a full-on buyer. Yeah. And it was unbelievable training. So to anyone wanting that's listening that wants to get into as a buyer, I would hundred percent interview for pennies because yeah. the skills that you get and the variety, you don't get it anywhere else. Yeah, that's what I say about kind of big. Like I was in big corporations as well, and you're just expo- exposed to the best of the best yeah. of the best, and you you can't but learn. And it's challenging. Like you're oh, just gotcha. thrown in. So you just and you're drop. literally on edge. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, what's How did I get here? <laughs> and it's so funny because Mondays used to be, we always hate Mondays. Like, oh, say, I'll say what's happened. Yes. And sometimes you'd have a sneaky look on a Sunday, but then sometimes you weren't able to have a sneaky look yeah. on a Sunday. Like, I just can't face it. I'm just going to let, like, no, because yeah. you don't know what's going to happen over the week, you know, and mm. it's, so Mondays are always like, phew it's been a good trading week yeah. or oh god okay we need to like knuckle down and see what the issues are and why aren't people I buying is there the stock in yeah. stores like yeah so many parts of it yeah so um it was extreme like unbelievable training and that was the reason that I contacted and got into them because I always wanted to start my own business and yeah. um, I always wanted a retail business but wasn't sure exactly as I was going through the motions what it was yeah. going to be but I knew I would fall into place with it but I knew whatever I did if I got the right training when it came to my own business, I'd be mm. steps ahead and I'd be able, I'd have figured out the problems yeah. when it wasn't my own money. There you go. Which is made important. Yeah, made, yeah, make the mistakes and then your steps. And I think that's, it's been so important for Emma by Jane. Yeah. Well, one for sourcing suppliers. Yeah. I knew how to source suppliers. So hold on a second, I'm going to go back before we get to Emma yeah. by Jane. So you were, is so you're on menswear and then that Me, was, I was in menswear. Did you move up? Yeah, I moved up within men's where I started buying men's denim. Okay. And I actually, that was good until after about three months, I was like, jeans just look the same, but just yeah. different washes. Yeah. You know, so um, that kind of started. So then I actually got moved into homeware, which I love because I started buying like cushions and throws. Yeah. And like with cushions, you never, like it's funny, I always wanted the fashion, the clothing dream. Yeah. Sometimes it's not the best one and the dreams don't live up to like reality. Um, or which, the hard It's bit. so like, hard, like the trading is so yeah. difficult. Um, and when I moved into Homeware, it was just the start of Penny's Home and we were literally becoming the first, the top in the, com- in the company. Mm. Like Homeware was just going straight up. Right. Um, and it was when the Homeware trend really was starting. Yeah. Like everyone was starting, H&M had introduced Zara Home. Yeah. Um, anthropology all that so we were doing yeah but I what I loved about the cushions was like you could have any print any color any trend and you could put on the cushion so you could do yeah. anything with the cushion. And, yeah. and I suppose you don't realize that until you're a buyer so you actually were like 
You're not just oh buying God, a black dress. Yeah, you're not just buying a black dress. I can yeah. put like a flamingo on this cushion yeah. if I wanted and make it black. Yeah. You know, it was so actually creative. Same with me, I bought candles. They were, they're very difficult to buy. Really? There is so much more in them than you think just mm. getting a scent is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, um, but yeah, so I moved up. So then with Homer, I then... I was starting to get itchy feet in London. I'd been there for four years. It was time to try something You're new. Like me, I was the same. Like you either stay and you become like, everything's here in London. I never need to leave. Yeah. Or you're like, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. So Transient I, city, people move on and yeah. you, feel, you feel left behind. Yeah. You know. and, um, and I had loads of friends there, but it was just, I was like, I loved it for four years, but now bam, yeah. I'm over it. So I started looking at the jobs and I actually interviewed for jobs in Hong Kong and Singapore and Australia. This is my story. I was like, I'm moving to LA. <laughs> yeah. I came home and was moving to LA. Like, really? Yeah. Yeah, well, well. I hadn't like looked at, you know, I hadn't looked into visas. Right? Well, I was looking at visas. Yeah. Again. That's what I'm doing. Sure, money coming home for a couple of weeks and da, da, da. And then I was like, oh, I'll take this job. My dad, yeah, then you get settled in. Not even, I don't think I ever settled, but I just was like, I started the business. Sure, that was the end of that. Yeah, that's, like, yeah, once you start the business, you can't. Basically, I'm kids. I know, yeah, you can't, you can't go on holidays <laughs> anymore. Um, but um, so, yeah, so I was starting to look and then the director in the Irish office got in touch and was like, mm, we have a position coming up. So I started talking to her a bit and I was like, you know what, maybe it is So how time. long ago was this? I'm home just over three years, three yeah. years in September. So this is about three and a half years okay. ago, the time the transition yeah. happens. And the Irish in the UK um, offices are very in sync. So mm. we talk all the time, mm. we help each other out. So if one buyer has seen a great product, you'll tag on to that yeah. and vice versa. So you're constant in communication. So it's, con- it's the same, but different in that there's buying teams for Primark, there's buying teams for Yeah, Primark. because okay. there's so many markets. Now what they, I do know from friends is they start to merge it. So like yeah. Homer now is just, as far as I'm aware, yeah. is just bought in the Irish office. Okay. So a lot of the English team have moved over to Ireland. Same, I think, with menswear from what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I actually got loads of great friends in the Irish team mm-hmm. because it's when they came over to the yeah. to UK, we'd go out. And mm. so they were kind of like, come on, would you not move home? So suddenly, instead of going to Australia and Hong Kong, where yeah. I was going, I was on a flight home. And I, I remember my mom was like, my, mom, I was like, my sister I was like, mom's not very excited. And she was like, mom just doesn't believe that you were actually coming home. She thought that you'd never come home. Yeah. So until she sees you in physically, it, physically in the house, God. she's not my actually going to get excited. Like, don't come home, Nick. You know, like my parents were like, don't come home. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And now they're still even like, oh yeah, go on, go on off away. Go on off away. They're around anyway. But anyway, it's funny. But, um, it's funny how. But yeah, it's how people perceive yeah but it's how it built moldy then like you're very your mind is open to adventure because you've been it's been you know the one tip there's no freaking apron strings in my life no but it's that i suppose like you you're exposed to many cultures different people you meet different friends like you start like especially being from dublin you know your school friends are your school friends and that's what happens yeah whereas i found i went away and i didn't know people i had to create my own friends i had to create a life and those five years in London, all the people I live with, I'm still so close with. Mm. Like, they're they've become family. Like, I was going through a bad time, and you know, one of the girls, one of my houses, Australian, she's moving back to Australia, and I know I'll still see her again. Yeah. Um. So it really, I think, yeah, it's it's molded me into like a much more open person. 
there's a lot more to see and I think it really yeah. matured me and um, as well like isn't it brilliant to just live everyone away should, from home and just yeah. be a bit independent everyone should do everyone should, I do, should it. do London like I think anyone who anyone even, should go anywhere any, exactly but I always like I talk to people and like oh I love London I'm like go go for a year yeah. go for two years like my friend moved to, my friend experience. moved to New York yeah and like is there about seven years now and she was so nervous like, I'm only going for the summer I was like it's yeah. a go go and don't put a time limit on it yeah. like we'll always be here yeah and she's still there seven years later and we see her once twice a year but that's okay yeah. like she's living the life that she wants to cool. live in new york it's the way it should be um so yeah so that was kind of so i'm back now three so you came back years. and you were doing i was then a buyer i was assistant buyer still in pennies um and i stayed with oh, them Winter, Winter. Uh, homer oh, oh yeah stayed in homer. i stayed okay, in the cool. homer transition with homer and um i worked with them for a year and a half and then I got the itchy feet yeah. to, to go. It was just time. I'd worked with them overall, I think, five so years. So you'd hit the dream job. So when I'd you're younger, like us all, I got go, what oh I my wanted. God, imagine. If someone had told my 16-year-old self what I was doing when I was like 28, 29, mm. 30, I would have been like, oh my God. Yeah. But then it's funny when you 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 get a bigger dream. Like you, yeah, when you, you live your keep, dream, you get a new dream. Yeah. And essentially, that's what you did. Yeah. Yeah, I got, got started a getting dream. feet and I remember, um, I literally remember the day, I just got a bit, I got like in the middle of the day in work, I was like, I'm done, okay, this is, it's time to do it. I talked about it for so long and one of the great things is one of my very good friends and I moved back from London, I have a very good friend who has her own business and I kept being like, I want what she has. Do you want to give her a shout out, Catherine? Catherine Buggy, <laughs> yeah, very good friend. Hi Catherine. Little, Hi Catherine. Our little, um, of Boutique, of Boutique Faith, the most amazing amazing I'm sure everyone Irish knows boutique oh bake. we live by them even my sister's coming for dinner tonight she's like I'm going to try find boutique bake the brownies but I couldn't find them they're sold out I really want to make that up for dessert because it's so quick it's yeah. so easy so yeah boutique bake brownies unbelievable um but yeah so she was doing her thing and we were very much like we go to the gym together day, so we were benchmarked like chatting mm. and she was very good at being like well why don't you do this and I was like I can't believe you're doing that today. Like, that sounds so much better yeah. than my day. Like, look at you. You're going off doing your own thing. Mm. You're your own boss and all that kind of stuff. Now, it does sound glamorous when you're on the other it side. It looks good on the other job. Oh my God. Completely yeah. different when you're sitting in your office on your own going, where is the next paycheck yeah. coming from? Um, but she was, she was massively um, motivational for me in terms of like, I just needed a bit of a sidekick and someone you we need, were going to events. And, and you know what? It's like the whole point of this podcast. You need feasible. to know you're not alone in yeah. that challenge and yeah. struggle and okay I really you don't really know how or what to do and then you see someone else doing it and you go okay I can do this because it's someone like me is doing it they yeah. look like me they're, they're so like feasible me. and know? we just need like we we'd be on the phone to each other like for an hour like maybe once a day once a week and then I have another friend Lorna who owns a boutique in Kilkenny mm-hmm. and we quit around the same time and at the very start of our businesses every single day we were on. Now, now we're so more established yeah. in what we're doing every day. We don't need to ring each other. But God, for the first six months, we needed each other every yeah. day. There wasn't really? a day that went by that our, our phone call didn't happen. And it was mm. crucial for both of us. So yeah, so it was kind of, I got itchy feet around in November. And I remember coming home and James and I just started going out. And I said, I'm quitting my job. <laughs> and he was like, okay, cool. I was like, oh, um, cool. Oh, yeah. okay. And I know if he said that to me, I probably wouldn't have yeah. said, like, oh, um, well, where are we going to get the money yeah. from? I remember <laughs> saying to a friend of mine, I was like, I'm going to start a business. And she was like, yeah, course. well, you were always going to do that. Yeah. And for it to be people to go, yeah, not go, oh, really? really? Like, are you sure? You yeah. know, for people to be like, well, duh. And I used to get a lot of when I was younger, like, well, Nick, you know, well, sorry, when I was younger. 
when I was like 31, 32, it was like, I thought you were going to start a business so by the time you were 30. Yeah. And I'd be like, well, I'm in London. There's a freaking recession going on. It's very hard to home. start a business. I wouldn't do it in London. Oh, God, no. London's not a place I had to, start to come a home. Like, you, yeah. you, you can't. Yeah, you can't. It's very hard. Um, Unless but, you're doing it on the side, but then on the side of after work, there's yeah. so much going on. There's so much money to be spent. And as in, there's so much that like, you're eating out. Yeah. You spend so much money just you got it because I started Emma by Jane on the side. Yeah, I started for about six months on the side. But when you've got an income coming in every day, yeah. when you've got a nice social life, when you're busy at the weekend, you've worked all week. It's yeah. very hard to, to just say, like, I'm not gonna do. I'm anything. not. I can't yeah. go see you guys. I need five hours work because it's not like. You're not about to like not have any money to pay your bills. And imagine people who have kids. That's what oh, I think. Oh my God. Hats off. I th- Oh my God. Starting a business and they're, I think that's. Yeah. Starting like, because there's so much. Go like, you girl. If you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Power I would not be you. as brave as you are. Yeah, like you're incredible. No um, and yeah. So yeah. So I remember saying, I'm quitting my job. He's like, okay. And stopped in a few small boutiques, but nothing really. But I had enough of like an idea um of what was working and mm. I suppose from my experience so I had the supplier already on board I knew who that you I, found who, within your travels within my work. travels yeah. so we used to travel all over the world to pennies and I went to a trade show in India and I just got it was a homer trade show but I had the blue there was the jewelry yeah. person there and I just was like in awe and I just I and your brain kicks in kicks I know that in. and you're like oh my god oh my god, oh my god. I, like, I need to write this all down yeah. well now I know to write it all down but my mind would be like bang the whole business minus photos like, I just have yeah. photos everywhere yeah. um, but I sat down with them when I was in India and just started talking to them and was like what are your minimum order quantities all that kind of stuff and I stalked them for a year and a half mm. every week I was on their website just staring at the jewellery yeah. um, so while I was still working yeah I was I decided to place one order and I remember I just loved the jewellery so that they were doing their pieces I had to get their Initially. pieces of course you do a minimum order quantity has to be made so firstly when you were designing something you have to pay a mill price yeah that mill price can be quite expensive. Hell yeah. So you've got to divide that by how many units you're going to buy yeah. to make it worthwhile. Yeah. It's cost. It's, it's margins cost. Yeah. All that. yeah. So the mill. So what I decided to do was, well, firstly, I need to know if these guys are good. Yeah. If they have good quality stuff. Um, you know, other. If something goes wrong, how are they dealing with it? I think yeah. that's something that like I, if I have challenges with a supplier I'm just like no I just don't go back how are you dealing with it honesty can't deal with that and then if I'm having trouble I just can't like yeah or for me it's like um just be like open just transparency is key like we're building a business together I need you you need me so what I decided to do was um about Six months after moving home, I saved a bit of money and I remember it was like the 28th of December. I was in bed and I was like, fuck it. 20th of December. Yeah. Funny how it's after. I quit my yeah. job. Well, I'd quit my job around. By now, definitely. I this is a year like now before I quit notice. my job. Oh, okay. This is the year. But it was the January. I was like, so I was starting yeah. second of it January. December. Down. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to order from these guys and you had to order five pieces. And I was yeah. like, what am I going to do with the extra four? But I was like, I'm prepared to pay the cost because I just want the jewelry so mm-hmm. bad. It's amazing. I haven't seen sort of like it or if I have, it's very expensive to buy and I can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was what I was, so I was like, I'm just going to buy it. And I had to buy a certain amount. And next thing, about five weeks later, hi, um, we've stuffed you at customs. There's a mm. 350 euro bill. I was like, what? Sorry? The bill? I have to pay money. They're like, yeah, you have to pay money to oh, bring it in. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Bingo. This is another cost yeah. of the business. 
Um, so that another column on the Excel yeah, file. Yeah, another figure. Yeah. yeah, it's not just I buy it for this amount and I sell it for that yeah. and there's no VAT in between. There's no customs. There's no packaging. It's there's not no black bills, and white. So that was, yeah, there's no setting up a website cost. paid, yeah. marketing, PR, blah, blah, blah. All yeah. that. And um, But I remember it arrived and I just moved into my new apartment that day and we were having a few glasses of Prosecco with Lorna, who's the girl who owns yes, the boutique in Kilkenny. In Kilkenny. Yeah. And if we couldn't find the key, they come in this tin box. We couldn't find the key in this box. Like, what? So we were there drinking our Prosecco and getting knives to like ply this yeah. box open. And um, the girls straight away were like, I'm going to take a few of those rings. Can I buy? Can I? I love them. Can I yeah. buy? And I was like, just take them for like cost price. Just pay the cost price. Yeah. So I have made a bit of money back. And, um, and let me know how you get on. Let me know what the quality's like, what the fit, the comfort, all that kind yeah. of stuff. And my friends started, that's how it kind of started with my friends. They were like, oh, I really want one of them. And, so the following, like a year later at Christmas, I decided to order like a big, bigger batch mm-hmm. and see what happened. And I invited some friends over. And at this point I had decided to quit my job. I kind of handed my notice in, but I was still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I'm a very like, just jump and figure it out later, which isn't the best way to I, be, but yeah. sometimes it I is like good. That. I think we're quite alike, you know Yeah, that? it's good because if you think too much, you'll stop. Like if I you decide think, and then, yeah, I'll decide I'm going to do something and then I'll make the plan afterwards yeah. or I kind of make the plan a little Along bit. Along the way. As I'm going, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and we deviate and that's okay. Yeah. And we learn the next time. So I invited friends over for like a pop-up Christmas party. Yeah. And we had about 50 people come. Holy crap. And I was like, oh, this is brilliant. And then it's funny, January came. And so how <laughs> many pieces did you have? Oh, I think I had about 17. So of I 17 styles, five pieces? No, so you we had, had like... more than five pieces. I'd expanded at this rate. And oh, so um, this was the next batch. So you sold the, the first thing, batch. Sold, the, sold the, the first batch samples, to just done. friends. Yeah. If you, yeah um, just covered cost. Yeah. Just so I could get like feedback on it, see how they were getting on, mm-hmm. see like what the quality was like, and you know now what would you pay for it? Yeah. You know what do you think? Has anyone commented on it? That kind of stuff, and it started growing like that. And and I remember um, my friend opened her boutique, Lorna in Kilkenny, and asked me to supply the jewelry. So I was yeah. like, well, I have no tags on things. So, so off these I go. were these your designs? This batch. This batch was still yeah. just yeah. again the start. Yeah. And um, this is the original batch as well. So yeah. I then had to get oh, okay. new stock. Yeah. Um. But, um, yes, I was like, oh, I'll just put labels on. And then I was like, hold on. If I can put labels on this, I can just bring it to everyone. Like, yeah. This is just a standard. Just and then you just, you just need to package it. And then, and then you've got a standardization that you can put into other boutiques. Mm-hmm. So I took a week off work and I started cold calling people and walked mm-hmm. in. And um, So did you have packaging then? Oh, I had like... I Little labels. Little tiny label that we, we um, got ribbons. Okay. Tied them onto Cute. the... Um, yeah. I know. Thing, exactly. Emma yeah. Basic. Yeah. I'd gotten someone to do like a really yeah. crappy logo for me. Um, so that was the start. And then I was like, okay, it's time for me to... There's a market for this. There hasn't been there too much investment. Yeah. They're liking the price point. The quality is good. The brand is starting to get known. Now I can yeah. do my own designs. Yeah. Now I have like the backing. I had a bit of savings and I had... Was, had you done Dragon's Den by then? We just filmed it. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and so you were going for it. How you were like six months in, six weeks out of six weeks, six weeks in. out of pennies when you did Dragon's Den. Yeah. And how long was it since you bought the first samples? It was eight months. Holy crap! Yeah, again, don't think so. You play with like it is, it's like you kind of do this, you have not half do it, but it's in. It's like, it's like I always say to people, God, if you can start on the side, so you essentially had to. 
like subconsciously you had started your business but realistically you're like oh I've just bought this jewelry and I think it's really nice and I'm kind of playing yeah. with the idea I'm of playing it with but the actually idea. in actual fact you I had started, started your business I had income so you a small were, bit of income yeah. coming in but you not were eight much. months in business and then you do Dragon's Den which mm-hmm. again is probably like <laughs> oh my god terrifying terrifying did but you do it the same year then that my friend Neve from Hollis did I it? don't know I don't actually really watch Dragon's Den. That's the funny thing. So we got 40 hits to the website the night it aired. And I was like, did that many people watch Dragon's Den? And still two years later, people were like, I saw you on Dragon's Den. I know your face. And I'm like, it was Dragon's Den. It's so funny. People love it. People love it. But I I also understand that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so we had a tiny collection. I was in the middle. When that happened, I was in the middle of... I just quit my drag 60s for I didn't even have a proper logo so I'd met with the logo people um, my friend Catherine from Boutique Bake had introduced me yeah. to her person so he was brilliant Dave um, and uh, we were in the middle but I threw the spanner in the works as soon as I like a better second meet I was like um, so I've got a secret that I can't tell anyone but you guys need to know and it's I'm going to be on Dragon's Den in two weeks time can oh, we turn a logo cool. around um, so oh, I went on did you have a website? basic yeah basic website um, but we had the best three months for the basic ones. Yeah, we had we had three months of um, of like getting it all kind of ready because we they shoot they film and then you got about three months. But um, but I remember the night it went live. I had a lovely Twitter tweet from someone saying, um, loved watching your uh, Dragon's Den. Just went on your website and in a really nice way. It's a load of crap. Oh, so he helped build it up. But you get, and he's created my new website. But like it's all in the learning. Yeah. You're at the start. You've no yeah. clue. You don't have any money. But it's what's great as well about those people. Is and I get that like oh, it's such, I don't know whatever. Like the image awards now. Like people come out of the woodwork who can yeah. like, look you up and read. Yeah. How I got like my distribution guys. They contacted me. Actually, it was a different one contacted me, but from some list of like the top. Yeah. Top ones to watch or something in some the business post or something. Amazing. And they contact you. But they so often do that. They're like, I've been on your website and it's crap. Can yeah. I make it better? Or they're they like, look from who manages well. your social media? And I'm like, I do. And it's yeah. brilliant. Go yeah. away. Yeah. So um, you've got to be careful of who contacts you. Yeah. But um, there's a little bit of like, there's the ones the that are good, but you can look, you could look straight in his profile and see yeah. who he does and he can give you his he, experience. He was amazing. Sen was amazing. He gave me a bit of free guidance and he was like, just do these things. And I started to see it help and I was like you know what he's been so good to give me this help I want to work with him and he built yeah. my whole new website Ooh. and the one you still have the one that Vogue magazine contacted ah. me because of well yeah so there you go it pays yeah. to have a really good website but yeah. you learn it's yeah. you're a small business you have to do things as you get money in then you can spend like we're mm. finally launching um e-commerce boxes in a few weeks and what I've been so we're gonna get like yeah. So when you get a parcel, oh sorry, it actually comes in an Emma by Jane mm-hmm. branded, unbelievable box of it. When you come in, you don't care about the bill sitting there. You yeah. just see the big parcel waiting yeah, for you. Cool. Um, but that has been waiting. You know, get, you need investment to do that. Mm. This entire business has been funded by myself. Yeah. So you, I'm the type of person until I have the cash to do it, I won't do yeah, it because alone, yeah. it scares me I'm to owe loads of money. Yeah. Same. So um so that's um so yes, that's the process. But now a year and a half on, every single thing is designed by myself. Um we've got two suppliers now on board after a trip to India. Um and how you do collection three times, four times a year? Times? Um we do about three. It it's depending on like there can be issues. Like you're yes. four weeks late on this current issue because yeah. one of the earrings just wasn't working out. Yeah. Um but going forward we have a new strategy of more like a bit 
drops. more styles more often yeah so they won't be which is where drops. everything is going like i was reading on business and fashion like that's what the new celine is doing is that's it's they're yeah. just dropping spring summer now they've shown it so they're just dropping it yeah now. like it's the excitement of like going on a website mm. and seeing new, new. seeing something like it mm. is extremely important when you don't have something new to the customer for a while your website hits drop mm. because there's nothing new and i know as a shopper myself yeah I like going on. But it's repackaging it and te- like as in telling a different story yeah. every time as well. Just, and it's just yeah. it's adding to the collection. Like a lot of our pieces, people are buying one, then they're buying two, then yeah. they're buying three. So they all go together. So it's just slowly building up your collection. Um. So okay. Yeah. So let me. I think that's. Is there anything that people ask you? That's that's it really. That's that's how you're here. That's right how now. I'm here. Yeah. Um. So tell me, having worked in fast fashion. And then to now be working, you know, you're creating pieces that are to last a lifetime yeah. and their quality, different. it's a different, pro- it's not fast. It's no. like, this is a, you're not disposing of these. No. These are beautiful gold earrings or rings or whatever it is. And how, why I suppose, and what, like, what is that? I think, I think, well, it's quite obvious. I think as business people, we know the market has changed. It's like anything, things flip from one to the other and fast fashion has a lot of environmental impacts and you know whatever it's mm. it's but ethics I think well I think I think there's ethics there's, there's all of that and there's doing the right thing um for the planet and for people and whatnot that's comes into it but I suppose it's like I think the tr- it's trends as well unfortunately it's actually trends in that I was like I always say look at the 80s we all wore mad crazy clothes mm. and then in the 90s it was pure minimal and I think that's what it is fast fashion became so popular and people didn't think about the true cost I'd yeah. say to reference that documentary but to me you, you can buy into trend mm. but just don't wear it for one like I've bought into the app the leopard print season yeah. But like I've worn a dress or a skirt that I have with leopard print yeah. about ten times already. Leopard print has been in for years. Yeah, it's just, so it's just like everywhere at the moment. Or like I got these unbelievable wine boots that I bought in Zara mm. like years ago that cost me a fortune and I've never thrown them out. And mm. what do you know? They Everyone's looking around. for the new pair this year, and I'm like, oh, mine are like four years old. Yeah. And it's that, yeah. So I think it's it's buying a trend, but also buying it for longevity. Buying like, well, yeah. Or like buy good staples to go with yeah. that trend, so you can intermix. And is it a different? I suppose you've seen both sides of it. So what have you learned? Um, I've learned about the importance of giving the customer not overcharging, um, mm. but not obviously undercharging. Yeah. Like you can't compete with the high street in that kind of way. Yeah. And I'm not out to compete. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many um fast fashion, low cost retailers that have popped up, and to me, they all I could go on oh, and just price comparison yeah. between them all, and then pick who I want to buy. Yeah. Um, I find that and as a small business, and you want to kind of create something that means something to you yeah and then you kind of find the customer they challenge you on price because I find they'll challenge me on price because they're like oh well you know they're trying to compare it to some fast fashion store that might sell you know uh, the same cups not even the same cups cups and it's like oh but it's five quid there and I'm like they've got two scale yeah and that's it like in in pennies but also people think that you know you know I'm charging 20 euro for a cup I'm actually making very little on it I just love the cup and I really want to stock it and you're only buying a few so you've got exchange rate there's the understanding there's exchange rate there's VAT 
and you kind of get a bit of you can get pushback on it and go like oh my god that's disgraceful that price like you know and I kind of go well if you have a problem you know like not a problem with the price but if you don't like the price you're absolutely don't have to shop yeah there's no it's not compulsory but they get other options. Options. <laughs> like, it's yeah. not compulsory but they also think people I, love to they share the negatives they think it costs the same amount they think that it must cost me like the one or two euro that, that, that I'm making like 10 15 euro on a mug mm. I'm like hell no yeah it's um it's a hard one like in pennies you had like the negoc you, you like you were such a big retailer you had yeah. quantities to give the supplier that they want anything for the yeah. business so it was like coming like I know the other side I now have to kind of work with my supplier on mm. their terms yeah. because I'm so small so it was like I really had flip. to learn that that I was yeah. a flip um but that's I'm I'm good with that now and um you kind of yeah you just learn as you go um but also you're not selling something disposable no. So, and like it takes time to design the right thing like we're not as you use the term yeah. stack them high sell them yeah. up we don't we're small quantities no. it's in a way it's limited edition not everyone's going to have mm-hmm. it um, and that's the point that's of the beauty small, of it that's the point of being a kind of a lo- like a good quality it's something special and that's I just get in things limited yeah. quantities and like I could buy loads of them and then get a better price probably mm. and be able to well I wouldn't get as good a price as freaking pennies or whomever will get yeah. I you never you don't have years. 100,000 units that you can no. buy um, you have a hun- 300 mm. stores that you can put them yeah. in that has a football like, of yeah. 30,000 people yeah. a day you know <laughs> yeah. that's the difference yeah but like as well like I, like my whole premise is the customer comes first so mm. if we have an issue there will always be an issue one or two issues with quality yeah. control there's always going to be but my whole idea is I don't want that customer to be unhappy mm-hmm. after they've contacted us. So well, that's the thing be. with it it's as a moral, well. It's a, for me, I think that's just moral, like morally. I'm like, and if someone buys something, you know, I have people in there like, oh, the box got slightly damaged. I'm so sorry. And, and it's a gift. And I'm like, I don't care if it's a gift or what it is. Like yeah. the box arrived damaged, you know. I need to know that so I can fix so it. So then I can fix it so you're yeah. happy because there's this, I suppose... The fast fashion has created also a mindset of like you shouldn't complain. You get what it is. What what you got is what be you got. Happy. If it's disposable, so be it. You know, if you have to throw it out or if it doesn't last very long, so be it. And I'm like, absolutely not. You know, and it that's the challenge. And yeah, are and so, I want that feedback. People are like, oh my god, you're so good. You're so nice. That's so decent. That's amazing service. I'm like, it's actually more like a good, like being a good person and morally right that you shouldn't buy yeah. like when you pay the price the one or two whatever you're paying for you know a fast fashion item i suppose there's that perception of like it is what it is you know but in our I'm world wear it a few times yeah it, but it, it is our, what it is in our world in our kind of quality over quantity like ethically you know being about sustainability and things lasting who's making I'm charging you a higher price but I expect that that product will last longer I could absolutely go and buy stuff for pittance in probably because I haven't got the powerhouse behind me that I wouldn't know where these things are coming from because you could buy them off some random website and they cost you two quid and you can sell them for 20 quid and you're like yay I made loads of margin but will your business last Oh, but I'm not interested in exactly. that because I, I, won't. I, my business is not about that. It's kind of, it's just not, I don't want these. I don't, I just can't. I can't, I can't even think of like yeah. something and like a child made it. And when, like when I started kind of off, I had a meeting with the department store and they asked me like, oh, do you discount much? I said, not, not really. Like we do it like mm. along the high street because 
you know, you kind of need to be, yeah. especially when you're starting off, you don't know what, like, you kind of like, oh, anything, anything, I need, yeah. I need, you know, I need people to want it and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I got the amazing advice of, the, through the recession, the people that discounted yeah. are no longer around. The people that held their price, knew they were doing the right thing, knew that their product was worth the value that it is and had a strong customer mm-hmm. base are the ones that are still around mm-hmm. today. And it was the most amazing piece of advice. But you know what? I think it's an easy out. And I read, if you ever read Purple Cow by Seth Golden, no. it's like, it's a tiny little book, but it was, I think, I think it was printed in like 1993 or like the 80s or something, but it's totally, I think it's 1993. It's totally relevant. Like it's just market. And it, this was kind of, almost before the internet mm. but he said he was like discounting is the last place you go when you've got nothing else you've got no ideas you've got no imagination you just discount yeah and once you get into discounting you're done but also my excitement and my interest in business is all about that the What's new strategy yeah how do i sell this how can i find something how do i make it the customer and loves. delights and yeah like anyone can discount like literally anyone can do that. Yeah. Like you could say, right, you know what? I'm going to do a deal with my supplier, get a higher price and discount. And, and it's just like, no fun. We're not, if I'm, you want to make money, if you're like, I want to make loads and loads of money, do you know, then maybe that's what you're at. But, but I suppose like for me as well, like the whole premise of Emma by Jane is that the brand is designed and created for people. I believe firstly that women should be able to buy their own things because women work hard enough and we deserve to treat ourselves but it's also built on the premise that you should have high quality a lot of our stuff Mm -hmm. is more fashion pieces fashion pieces for an affordable price yeah i don't believe in ripping a customer off i believe in giving Mm -hmm. them true value 24 7 so with that in mind you then don't have the margins to drop it and as well i just want my customer to know i can't afford to discount i spend all my money on marketing and like making people excited yeah and i just want the customer to know that 24 7 they're getting they're getting the right price because i don't believe in ripping someone off and that was when i came up with emma by jane i was like I don't understand that these companies are charging such a high price for this quality. Like yeah. they're acting like it's solid gold that it's going to last forever, yeah. and it's not. But we can make it a very good quality that it lasts as long as possible if you look after it. Mm-hmm. But let's not rip off yeah. the customer. Let's give them it an affordable, like at a more affordable yeah. price that they can treat themselves. Mm. And that was the whole premise, and that's where. And I remember actually sitting standing in Dragon's Den, and Shanae McCoy, who um decided to invest in me, but um at the time. Um, was like you know what people are coming into my boutique and they're overcharging mm. and that's where the issue goes and people think you don't yeah. there's no need to if overcharge you, someone yeah but yeah if you're trying to hit that market and yet your product I suppose where it we're coming is if you're going to charge a price that's a good price like it's you know it's expensive compared to the 1980s five yeah. euro pair of earrings like yeah. you know the earrings that cost the same price as coffee like with our houses but yeah but i suppose if you've got if you're gonna charge a price that people are a bit probably not used to spending you need it to work and you need yeah. it to make sense you need it to be it's just it's transparency. You need, sorry, you need your product to make sense and yeah. your product to be quality, and you need to be able to say, "Well, do you know what? Come back to me in ten years' time, and you will not have a problem with those yeah. earrings." Like it's also it's transparency with the customer. Yeah. It's you know being open about where where it's designed, where it's made from. Yeah. I'm very open about where where we're made, and um, and the reason like I source and mm-hmm. our, firstly our gemstones, our unique gemstones that come from India. I can't get them in Ireland. Um. Also, my supplier is way more knowledgeable about 
the dipping process, about the weight. So like Mm -hmm. the reason we were delayed four weeks in our new stuff is because our um, big droplets that are like the disco balls, they were coming in too heavy. And I didn't want the customer to have to take their earrings out after five minutes ago, I can't wear these anymore and I've just spent 145 yeah. euro on them. Um, that's not what we're about. We're, I'm about like making it the right, yeah. thinking about the customer, is it comfortable? Can they wear them all the day? Can they get their value that, as mm-hmm. the cost per wear out of it? Can they do all that? And it's so, and that's, you come up with different challenges, but it's so important. But I am very transparent yeah. to the customer and I think, I think that's extremely yeah. important. And as a result, we have customers that come back every week. Mm. Every week, I see the same customers coming back. I see them tagging us on Instagram, messaging us, coming back mm. and doing gorgeous reviews on the product to help gain the trust of new customers yeah. coming in. And that is, I remember when I it went... Build, that builds your business. That's a business. I remember when I, I got a customer, a repeat customer, I went into my dad's, my accountant's time, I started off in his office. I was like, dad, I've just got a repeat customer. And he's like, now you have a business. Yeah. Because that's, and that's the greatest. I yeah. love seeing a customer come back. I find like Instagram customers, they're my friends now because I yeah. talk to them so much. <laughs> I had one woman with that yeah. emails and she, one day she told me she'd spend, she was going to just spend her kids' allowance. She'd make up for the following week. Hilarious. She needed these earrings. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, it's so yeah. important. I think transparency and telling the customer where it's from and just being open I get it though like you're so passionate about your business and then someone else like who's passionate about your business you're like oh my god you know and they get it and they identify with it and they're excited about your products and And if they have a problem if there is one or two QC issues that's fine we're delighted to know if you can sort it out tell me and we'll sort it out straight away I would say there's people who are like hardcore My Shining Armour fans and they probably started out with something that wasn't something was wrong like and I just no questions asked sort it out like of course and then they're like with you for life. Yeah. It's always how yeah. you fix the problem and it's always how you treat it's the customer. It's easier to keep someone than get a new customer. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So leading on to our final question. Um, we are looking, what, we're two weeks away from Black Friday? Yes, yeah. we are. So we'll post nerves. this before Black Friday. Nerves. I know. The Christmas Black nerves. Friday is a weird one. I kind of struggle with Black Friday because I suppose I, I struggle with it because I'm kind of clear in my idea of, I'm like, okay, Black Friday... It's a little bit annoying that you're discounting in the busiest season of the year. But then what upsets me sometimes is I see people and I suppose Black Friday, because I would have traveled a lot, be very tuned into the internet anyway and would have a lot of family in the US and would be quite, you know, aware of US brands. So Black Friday for me has always been there. Mm. It's always been like always something I was aware of. But I think it only really, so my Shining Armour, this will be our fourth black friday and i would have done a black friday activity at the start like that first year but second. people weren't really they weren't really they didn't really get it they're like oh great it's a sale so that first year it was like oh there's a oh there's these sales on and then the next year i think then it was kind of being reported in the media and you're seeing like crowds outside there's stores ads already and, yeah like did's red november yeah um and i think i suppose it's such an opportunity for someone like DID. They can get their white goods because white goods and TVs, that is kind of where it originated in the US. So Black Friday, if people aren't aware, is the day after Thanksgiving in the US. It's a public national holiday. And the power, like big companies in the US, the total capitalist country just went, right, people are all off. Let's get them shopping because shopping is a national pastime over there mm. um and it's how they power their economy um so they kind of created black friday and it has spread throughout the world now because i think i suppose 
after the recession, challenging retail times, and people went, let's adopt this thing and let's do it. And the big department stores started doing it, but they were buying in. So the key to Black Friday is buying in something that you can it is going back to stock it high and sell it off yeah it's buying it at a reduced some for some people it's buying yeah. it at a reduced price and buying double what you'd normally buy because yeah. you know your sales are going to double so you've got cost negotiations that you can negotiate well i'm buying double so you can yeah. give me a better price which means your margin yeah. can remain but what i what i then saw happening was i think so other online businesses like small businesses and they didn't really know what this thing was but they knew that they had to do something if they wanted to be talked about that day and that weekend so you would see people at like the key time of year 30% off everything this weekend and I remember just being like oh my god you're giving away the bacon and but then what was funny is it has become more of an online thing so last year two years ago the high street was crazy last year I remember they were dead people actually just went they sat in their offices they got the emails at 9am in the morning and they had stuff in their baskets and they went and bought and if you look at even in such a challenging time like if you see Hess Fraser and like Sears and Toys R Us and all this that's going on it's it's not just us little guys no it's It's kind of across the board but um I suppose it's about having a strategy for Black Friday yeah it's about also I think staying in line with your brand yeah like you have to firstly you've got to do what you what suits your brand and mm-hmm. what you can do to you know I suppose yeah. make the most of the Op- it's seeing it as an opportunity, opportunity. it's exciting yes. it's an exciting time especially in retail you know it's time where you could probably make 60 40 to 60% of yeah. your yearly income that would get you through those bad months the following year and mm-hmm. um, so it's it's an extremely exciting time people are really want to spend everything in the Christmas festive yeah. mood they're they're treating themselves they're treating their loved yeah. ones it's an amazing time but you've got to have a strategy that one suits your brand and you're is still affordable making money for you. you're making yeah. you make your margin so you can pay it's not go you're not going right I won't be able to pay the rent yeah or the bills, or, you or and my are. staff. I won't. I'll be able to pay the way. I'll be able to pay my overheads if yeah. I do this. But if you're doing it, thinking if I'm not doing it, I have to do something. And da, 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 da. yeah, it's hard to. You like, don't have to shoot on everything. You want to stand out. We've got. I have a strategy that's taken me about two months to yeah. really nail down. We were for, talking about this back we, in June. That yeah, time when we sat down. Yeah, and um, it, we're not like my business is not my cost yeah. prices don't change for Black Friday nothing mm-hmm. changes mm. um, same that's the thing the when thing you're a small is, business you're not you can kind of get a deal but like I don't I don't buy it like I don't buy new things yeah I just yeah it's yeah it was like last year I play with it me. like I'd be like oh I'm gonna do this and then I'm gonna do this and then I'm like oh god no and then I'm like oh no no and it's, it's hard a t- it's a time really to engage like we've yeah. had a few questions about it and I've said you you know you need to subscribe because as always, we'll give our yeah. VIP subscribers, as we call them, the girl gang. You've got to get best. something. I think it's there has to be something in it for you. And don't be afraid, I think, yeah. to not be afraid to say, you know what, if I'm going to do this, there has to be a benefit to you. Yeah. So we're hoping, like, strategy would be to get more subscribers because mm-hmm. the more I tell them that there's a VIP on, it yeah. will. Okay. But we've got a few different, we've got a big Cyber Monday happening and it's not a Ooh. discount. It's something more exciting. And then... And you can play with it. It's it's a fun. It's actually, you know, I've really enjoyed creating the strategy. We've got a few things happening in December that have been really fun. And to me, it's all about just giving the customer extra. Yeah. Sometimes it's just surprising surprising the customer. When you get, you're like, oh my God, I wasn't expecting this. Unbelievable. I'd rather have paid 
full price and gotten something mm-hmm. really exciting. But, you know, there's a few things, but I don't think you'll ever have the right, full-on 100% right strategy. Yeah. Every year is going to be a bit different. And it's exciting for the customer yeah. as well, I suppose. Like, And I don't know if Black Friday, I would, I would not be surprised if a lot, like a lot of the, I saw I can't remember now I think it was some big store didn't do it last year and I saw a lot of independents mm. like who have shops were like this is our busiest time of the year I know folks during Kilkenny they donated 10% That's of sales I actually that love that day. I might I might rob their idea yeah. that year because like, like the they just donated at homes yeah but they're like they have like yeah exactly we want to save 8 euro in our pockets I think they gave it to Let's the women's refuge I think they gave it to the women's refuge yeah. or the, they gave it to like, they gave it to, yeah I think that's a good idea and maybe that will go into one of my strategies because yes, I actually think that's a fabulous let's, yeah. let's use this time to help others and Instead those of, who are fortunate yeah. to have a roof over their head money coming in and a family around them yeah and actually just have what other people are dreaming about let's use it to to, to do, do good, good. Yeah. yeah and I think and then you've got some other independents I saw just said no we're not doing it look we're encouraging you to buy Irish buy local because you know these big chains who buy in like TV do you really need a new you know they're buying TVs they're buying TVs at a very reduced price and then they make it look like they cut it by 50% yeah. so it's all a strategy and buy what you need I think this Black yeah. Friday buy ethically yeah buy uh, with like a thought of who's yeah. who you're buying from, and buy um, buy it for sustainability and what's yeah. not going to be run out at the end of Christmas and yeah. And I think and I, I just fear local is people, a lovely idea. Yeah, yeah, definitely support local because um, they've got like um small business Saturday is the week after. Yeah, it's small, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. yeah, I it think is it actually, is. It was last yeah. year. I think it. I think it is. It comes the year after, and yeah. it's kind of then to go right. We're coming into Christmas, and. It is. It's it literally is. a time that some people like you're and looking I at making forty percent of the year, which yeah. covers those months yeah. that like you know February, February is such a tough dead. month in yeah. retail. People are buying like people are going on holidays. I always in holidays. February stop and go. Oh my god, that's it. They've all they've done it now. Everyone's bought from my shining armor and they're finished. Yeah, <laughs> February can be. And then March is fine. I'm like, yeah. oh god. February can, can be, be scary. Really scary, yeah. scary, and yeah. so can the likes of September. Yeah. Like, there's a few months in the year where it can be scary that you yeah. need to have a backup. Definitely. The tax man never stops coming. I know. The bills gotta get paid. The joy. Um, but anyway. There was one more thing I was gonna say there, and I've totally forgotten now. I don't know. Yes, anyway, we've gone on. Let's wrap <laughs> it up. We gave ourselves a bunch of 40 minutes, 40 and we're minutes. 13 over. Um, thank you so much thank for you. having the chats. And what I will ask start people. a Friday. I know. Um, I'm just gonna say, like, and subscribe and share yes. and let us know you i will put jane's information down in the description and you can contact her if you have any, Please, questions. any questions i or love hearing stop, from women that want, want to start a business or anything yeah so it's great to chat and, yeah. and um, share the knowledge. These, I, I listen to podcasts all the time because i find them yeah. so inspiring so yeah i hope this has inspired someone yes absolutely Thank you so much, Thank Jane. Thank you. It was lovely to have you on. And we shall chat to everyone else on the next episode. Thanks, Mel. Bye.